struggle is something that we will all face at some point in our lives. It looks like many different things and impacts us in very specific ways. We're digging in so we can navigate it well and flourish in the struggle. You're listening to Planet and Flourishing with Kristen Andrus. Today I'm chatting with someone who literally exudes joy. She and her best friend are hosts of the Mo and Katie Show podcast where they promote gratitude, humor, and positivity. And God knows we need a whole lot more of that. And it's not just for the show, as you'll soon discover over the course of our conversation. Katie Stevens, it's such a pleasure to have you and your joyful self on my podcast. Thank you, Kristen. It's I am thrilled to be with you. I'm just thrilled to hang out and spend time with you. So if we want to let all these other people just listen along, then I guess they can join us. I mean, whatever. That sounds like a great idea. Like ever since I've seen you. I know, I know. <laughs> um, so I was listening to your podcast this morning, getting ready for um, our chat today. And I just, I was just, it was such the perfect way to start the day because it, you Aww. guys have so much humor and you guys have such Thank good you. chemistry back and forth. And Thank you. And you just have a good way of, you know, bringing just joy and happiness and laughter into your conversation. And that's so Thank much you. fun. How long have I you guys been doing that? that? We've been doing the, so it's, kind of funny. We had, so, so Mo and I met in 2018 and we actually joined a barbershop quartet together. We're both involved in women's barbershops. That's how we met each other. And whenever we would get together, like our banter, I kept saying like, we need to do a podcast. And I have like texts that I sent like a whole year before we started. So oddly enough, we recorded our first couple of podcasts in March of 2020. Oh, wow. Right before the world shut down. (laughs) I know. So we did, we batched like three and then we were virtually, we did them all video um, for a while. And then when things kind of calmed down, then we switched to more of an audio format that we do both still. Um, And we just recorded uh, the other day, we just recorded, I think number 93 or something like that. So, um, and I love it. I mean, we, you know, Mo has a military background. She was, she was a colonel in the Air Force. You know, I, I have a lot of, you know, really concentrated, serious things that I do, but just, it's just fun to be able to focus on the gratitude, humor, and positivity to just not take ourselves too seriously. And it has been, I keep saying the podcast is the thing I always wanted to do and I didn't know it, but I am loving it. It is so much fun. That's great. Isn't it fun when you step into something like that and you're like, wow, this is kind of what was missing from my life for a little while. (laughs) It's, it is. It's, and I, you know, guaranteed every time we, you know, we, we record one or do anything else. I know I'm going to be laughing. I know I'm going to be really choosing to focus my mind on things that are positive. And it's just, but yeah, it's been really good. Honestly, I think it was uh, in many ways, my saving grace through the pandemic too. So um, yeah. yeah, so, so really grateful to find, you know, finding your tribe. There's something really powerful in finding your people, the the weirdos that get you. I just love it. I think it's like, that's everything right there. Yeah. Everybody has their own brand of weird. You just don't know. It. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's not weird to you. It's weird to everybody no. else, but who it's weird if you're not it's weird, if you're not weird. So yeah, I know. Right. That's right. Uh-huh. Unique, I think is what they call it now. It's there, well, weird. yeah, whatever. Unique. It's weird. <laughs> Well, that's great. I love it. I love to laugh. And it's such, it's something that, you know, the old cliche is laughter is the best, best medicine. And it, it yeah. certainly is, especially in our societal climate nowadays, it's laughter mm-hmm. is missing. And yes. um, so any opportunity to, to be able to laugh at ourselves or laugh with other people is just absolutely so good for every, every part of your life. 
but it, it hasn't always been like that. There's been plenty no. of opportunities for, you know, discouragement and frustration and yes. uncertainty. And, but, um, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but growing up, did you have somebody mm-hmm. that modeled that for you? Laughter and fun? Well, I do. So I'm, I'm really grateful. Um, I have a sister who is 12 and a half months older than I am. So we grew up practically as twins. I mean, we kind of did everything together. And she and I always kind of shared that offbeat, um, you know, sense of humor. When, when we were in middle school was when camcorders first came out, video cameras oh, wow. first came out. And any, like, God help any of our friends that would come over because it's like, okay, you're going to be in this commercial. You're going to be in this movie, you know, right away. It was like, like sucked into the craziness. Um, But just very grateful for having, you know, obviously laughter and music and just being surrounded by, by wonderful people at home, at church. I just had a good group of friends. So, um, you know, and I always, honestly, Kristen, I felt I I felt like there were times that I was like the weird kid and nobody got me. And I think now in this stage of my life, I'm just, I'm just kind of owning it and being like, it's okay. This is the way that I'm created and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So yeah, very, very group, very loving, happy household. And I'm super, super grateful for that. I have, I have come to appreciate that about this part of life. Like Mm -hmm. we're both in the mid stages of life. Here we go. And man, you I know, right? Ready or not. <laughs> and it's just such, it's almost like a freeing time because you get to that point where you just accept what you are, who you are. You yes. accept your weird, you accept your quirkiness. Yes. And yes. It it it's those things that you've recognized all your life that set you apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that maybe you were a little bit intimidated by, or you didn't Absolutely. want to own up to, but now it's yeah. like, Hey, I'm going to embrace this and I'm going to ride this for as long as I can and just enjoy the journey. It's such a, it's a mind shift and it's a perspective yes. shift and I am loving it. Oh, me too. Yeah. I, I always say when I turn, so I just turned 50 this past summer and I'm still not hundred percent sure how I feel about that, but you know, that's, you know, conversation <laughs> for another day. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, I rode roller coasters on my 50th birthday. So I was like, yes. I'm going to, you know, go big or go home. Um, but when I turned bank. 40, I remember I was like mad at 40 for the first like year and a half. And then all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? I just really don't care what people think about me as much as I used to. And it's like, if I've got things about my self that I haven't fixed at this point, then I'm just going to celebrate them and just own who I am and be who I am. And so that's been, it is freeing this time of life. You just don't focus so much on the stuff that really doesn't matter because I think number one, you're too tired to, but number two, you just realize it's not (laughs) worth the energy. It's so, so I completely agree with you. I'm yeah, loving, I'm loving this season in life and, um, you know, looking at yourself and saying, you know, what am I really created to do and how can I do it the best way possible? Yep. And I think there's been an awakening for me, um, Mm -hmm. as to the, Mm, what do I want to say? Fakeness? Is that Mm, a word? Yeah. The fakeness of our society and just being done with that. Like, I don't want to spend my life, you know, 
bowing to the flow of culture and worried about, you know, what people are going to think about my gray hairs that are poking through proudly today. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's really an awakening of your, yourself. And just like you said, embracing those quirky, Mm -hmm. weird parts of yourself and just moving forward in that. And yeah. And then we're all doing it together and that makes it even better. It's like, it's like a, it's a quirky, amazing, we're over, you know, we're women of a certain age, like party. Let's break out the party hats and let's just do Yes. The party looks a little different, but it's a lot more. It does. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) We're like, can you turn the music down? Yeah, there we go. Okay. (laughs) I cannot hear you. Yeah, for sure. That's funny. Um, yeah, but you know, we're talking about all this and I'm so grateful for this stage of life as well, but you know, to get here, there's been a journey, you know, we, we walked through some stuff and, um, joy has not always been present for you guys. And, and that's the Mm -mm. the case for everybody. You know, we've, we've all walked through seasons where joy was just absent and we wondered, okay, am I going to get this back or am I destined to live the rest of my life discouraged and frustrated? So Mm -hmm. kind of take us back to where that started for you and and kind of walk us forward. Sure. Well, the the first, um, you know, the first really big thing. So, um, so just to back it up a little bit. So my husband and I, we just celebrated 30 years this summer. So we got married in 1992. We were babies. We were really young and, you know, started a, started a family. So by, you know, within the first 10 years, we had our four boys and, you know, just everybody. Yeah. It's it, it, and it was just a loud, wonderful circus. And I really loved, I, I did not know boys growing. I mean, I knew boys. I, I didn't know how to be in a family with boys because it was just my sister and me and that was it. And, um, but it's, you know, building blocks and dinosaurs and, you know, superheroes. And, and it was, it was great. So, so yeah. And it's, you know, but, you know, once I adjusted to, you know, it being different than a life with girls, I I just loved it. It was, it, it really was a lot of fun. And, um, so our life took a really, really, quick, surprising, tragic, hard turn on August 5th, 2005. Um, After a series of events, there was a car accident and our 10-year-old son and our 11-year-old son, our two oldest boys were in the car. And sadly, our 10-year-old son very suddenly went to be with Jesus. And it was just, um, you know, one day, it's like any tragedy, one day, everything is you just tooling along doing your thing. And the next day, um, you just have indescribable loss. And there's no, there's no, you know, I said this a lot as we went through, as, as we went through this season, like there's no manual to how you grieve. There's, um, you know, losing a child is, is, is incredibly difficult mm-hmm. and losing a child and, you know, making life go on for three other children is very difficult and, and just forging our way. So definitely was a, a crazy season. It was 17 years ago now. Um, you know, we still, we still talk about Caleb regularly. We, we talk about, you know, he would be, um, he would be 27 years old now. Wow. And um, just to have him frozen in our minds forever at 10 years old is it's, it, it's hard. And, and, you know, honestly, Kristen, there were days where, you know, if I could, I, I, if I could just choose to stay in bed and just kind of put my head over the covers, then I would, but there were, there were days where it was just put the next foot in front of the other, just take the next breath. And there are other, other days where things started to feel more normal. So you, after a loss like that, you, 
you start to rebuild what your normal is. You start to find your new normal and you help everyone around you do that as well. So it's, um, you know, it's our life has changed a whole lot since then, obviously, but it's still something that we, you know, that we carry around with us. We all carry around our memories and our, and our talk of, of Caleb, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's, my boys are all adults now, so it's, it's different uh, than yeah. it was then. So, yeah. And, you know, something you said where you, you wanted to stay under the covers some days, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's so important for people to recognize that even, even in a life of joy, mm-hmm. there are still going to be days where you just need to detach. And if oh, that yeah. means staying under the covers and sleeping or binging yep. Netflix one day or reading a book or whatever, we got to give ourselves grace to do that. And I, I, mm-hmm. I, for one, am terrible at giving myself grace. Oh my gosh. Me too. Yeah. Not, not but good I, at that. I, I think that's part of the joy journey though, is mm-hmm. allowing ourselves that space to not be joyful in the moment. Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Overall, our life is focused on joy, but there are some days that mm-hmm. it's just heavy and hard. And while there might be joy deep, deep, deep down. Yeah. yeah. Some days we just have to kind of set it all aside and do what we got to do for our own selves. And, and really acknowledging, I mean, I think too, we're, we're taught and I don't know if this is more so for believers, but I think everybody in general, it's you know, like you're, you're taught as a kid, like stuff away the ugly emotions. Don't, you know, if you're feeling angry, you go to your room and you come out when you're, you know, when you're nicer or when you, you're feeling more pleasant. But there's something about sitting with the yuck and sitting with the bad emotions when they come. And yeah. and there's still, you know, there's days where stuff gets me down still. And, and I, you know, we've been through some pretty low valleys, but there's, you know, still some days where the smallest thing will just put me into a bad place, but I've just decided instead of, instead of shoving it down and slapping on the happy face, it's like, you know what, I'm just going to sit in the muck today. And, you know, hopefully again, if you've got your tribe, if you've got your people, they'll come sit in the muck with you. And when it's time to move on and take on and exude the joy more, the joy is always there, like you said, but you just have to give yourself time to wade through and, and acknowledge that what you're feeling is legit. And then, mm-hmm. you know, just, you're going to feel bad until you don't feel bad anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah. I heard somebody say recently um, that feelings aren't smart. Mm. We have to acknowledge them. Yeah. And we have to allow them to be, because when we, we pack it down, like you're talking about, it's, it's yeah. eventually going to erupt. And then that's really not yeah. going to be pretty. That's ugly. That's so, yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody needs that. So, right. So giving ourselves that grace to just feel it, be in it for the day. And then, you know, get back to life as, as we know it and want it, you know, Absolutely. We're, we're able to is just, I think that's so important for us to, to be able to practice that. One of my saving graces in that season. So, so we lost Caleb in early August and I was actually scheduled. I was, things were already in place for me to actually teach school that next year. So I was teaching sixth grade, which ended up being a blessing too, because my, my oldest son, Josh, who was in the accident, but his life was spared, uh, was in my class that year. So we were able to kind of keep tabs on each other. Um, mm-hmm. That's also the year he got taller than me. I'm not sure how I let that happen, but <laughs> Isn't that weird? Um, if you know my family at all, you know that my children are huge. They're very, very tall. I'm a little midget compared to all of them. But I had a, I had a friend that year, my friend Jess, who worked at the same school that I did. And she was like, if I walked into her classroom and there were tears in my eyes, she'd sit with me and cry that day. If I walked in laughing, she would laugh with me that day. And that was just, she let me show up 
however I needed to be as we went through that really crazy whirlwind time of grief. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and eventually the things level out, the the lows don't dip quite so low and you start to feel a little more like yourself again, but just having people in your life and um, just paying, paying attention to who God puts there and why, and, and being incredibly grateful for that. Mm, that's such a good point. Because I think sometimes when we are in the throes of a really hard season, it's hard to recognize the goodness of God in that. I mean, that's just yeah. normal. We all have a hard time sure. pointing this is this is something that's good and it's from God. But noticing the people that are there, the people that show up for you, you may not really yes. recognize it until later because you're so in whatever you're in, you know, just so probably struggling with the feelings and the emotions and the questions and all the things that recognizing the goodness of God in the people that he puts around you and the events that happen around you is, is I feel like such a lifeline back to, Mm -hmm. you know, normalcy, if we can say that, or back to the joy of your life. Absolutely. And, and, you know, my, my lows are pretty low. I mean, losing a child is a pretty, pretty big thing, but everybody's got stuff. I would say that was kind of, that's what blocked my son for a while. That's what's, you know, blocked my, my daylight and made it hard, but everybody's got something that blocks their daylight. That's as big to them as that was to me. So having, 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 you know, grace for people and what they're walking through, but understanding that it's not a tragedy contest. It's not a grief contest. We all walk through stuff and, you know, and, and, Something, something that I really had to kind of come to terms with is that the Bible doesn't say, hey, life's going to be easy and great and awesome. Enjoy. It's, it, you know, it actually yeah. says there are going to be trials. There's going to be hard things that you have to walk through. And that's just how we learn to, to, to trust God and we learn to take it one day at a time. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And that's such a, I don't understand why we do that, but I mean, we all do that. We have this Mm -hmm. expectation that when we give our lives to Jesus and we dedicate our lives and we walk Mm -hmm. after him, that things are just going to fall in place all the time. And, you know, it would be great if it really happened that way, but it doesn't because life is still life. We still live here in skin, in this crazy, chaotic, insane world. And things are still going to happen and go wrong. And so keeping our focus on Jesus and keeping, he, he just keeps us in touch with reality. You know, Mm -hmm. yes, reality is going to hurt, but the difference in your reality and somebody that's not following Jesus is that I'm with you. You know, we have that confidence that he's with us and whatever that looks like, whatever that hard time looks like, we know that he is going to guide us through. He's going to put people around us for that time. Mm -hmm. He's going to create space for us. So yeah, that's such an important part of living for God. Definitely. So fast forward a couple years, just to a couple years ago when Josh had his own journey. Yes. Yes. So, you know, another, again, another hard, another hard left turn. Um, We were, um, it was Labor Day of 2019 and our son, our oldest son, Josh is now 25 years old and we had just gotten home from a camping trip and he'd had some other health things that summer. We were trying to quite kind of figure out what was going on. 
and he's called me and he's in tears. Josh and Josh is, he's a big, strong guy and he's in tears. He said, mom, I've got this pain in my chest and it just, I can't figure out what it is and it hurts. I said, okay, let's go to the ER. So I took him to the ER. Um, well, um, a few hours later after some scans and tests, the doctor came in and basically said, look, I, I'm not an oncologist. I can't tell you for sure, but this looks like lymphoma and it is in um, several of his organs. And so you guys need to see an oncologist and move, move on, you know, move forward with this. And we were, Josh and I, it was about, it was after midnight at this point, literally, I don't think either of us said a word for like 20 minutes. We were just shocked um, that you find out that this, you know, college athlete, healthy, you know, hardworking young man is full of cancer. Mm -hmm. And it, we just didn't know even what to think. So, um, you know, then you jump on the roller coaster of, and it was aggressive. It was, this tumor was growing quickly. He had stage four non-Hodgkin's type B cell lymphoma. And, um, you know, we just jumped right on the chemo bandwagon. And I think the, one of the difficult things about that was everybody's like, oh, lymphoma, that's easy to treat. You're going to be fine. You're going to be good. Mm. And so by, by Christmas, we were, we thought we were good. Everything looked like it was moving in the right direction. And um, they were just doing some follow-up things. Well, then January, February came and Josh started um, falling down, getting horrible headaches. And turned out that he got an MRI and we found out that the cancer had spread to his brain. So we were then referred to a hospital that could handle that better. And again, just jumped right back on the roller coaster of um, aggressive chemo radiation and then uh, found out that there was a new medical procedure called CAR T-cell therapy that had only been approved for, I think the FDA only had been approved for like five years or so. And they um, wanted to do that. So in October, uh, I could tell you all about the procedure. It's fascinating. I won't, um, but look it up because it's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, they basically, you know, put they put trackers on his white blood cells is basically what they did and re, uh, reintroduced them to his body and his body now fights the cancer with these trackers, it's crazy. Oh um, man, that's interesting. It's yeah, it's really fascinating. It's you go on a deep, deep dive on a deep bunny trail on on uh, CAR T cell therapy. It's really quite quite interesting. Um, but all of that to say, finally, then in December of 2020, he was it was he's officially in remission, and he's been doing well. So now, if you're paying attention to the timeline, you also know that while we were going through chemo and radiation the whole world shut down. So that was very interesting as well. Yeah. Um, there were times he was in the hospital. We were not allowed to be there with him. And even though he was, you know, 26 at this time, you know, he's still your kid. It's just, yeah. um, plus the, the activity in his brain made it hard for him to remember. So he'd be like, why aren't you guys, why aren't you here? And we're like, we can't, there's a pandemic. And he's like, oh, there's what? Like every time we talked to him, we had to re so, um, but yeah, it's just, it, you don't have time to think you just dive in and do what you have to do. And I think afterward, you kind of look at things and go, whoo, that was, that was tough. That kind of yeah. wore on us. Um, so there've been some, you know, some, you know, discussions that my husband and I have had and just, you know, talking with other people about like, how are we really doing after all of that? And, and how, you know, now that we can kind of pull our head out of the storm and see how we're really doing, but it, it was intense. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of a, a side note, the rabbit that we were talking about chasing earlier, you're talking about how people are really doing. Um, we're doing a book study on John Eldridge's new book, Resilient. Mm. 
Mm. and where he dives into that. And it's so, it's not all, it's not a book about the pandemic, but he does talk about that at the beginning to get people to kind of think about, Hey, how am I really doing? Because even though we're, we're longing for everything to be like it was, you know, and it's never going to be because the world has shifted so drastically. Sure. Sure. Um, Just taking that mental note and that, Mm -hmm. that, um, inventory of how you really are and kind of making sure that you've got yeah. all the pieces in place. But anyway, that was a side note as you were talking. No, and I agree with you though, because I think it's affected us more than we even realize. And right. you know, someone for me who's, who needs people and is an extrovert, um, it was tough. It was, yeah. it was tough. And um, yeah. I fortunately was able, I, you know, I, I teach music lessons full time and I was able to pivot, but it's, you know, it's, it wasn't the same. So no, no, definitely has been a lot of pivoting going around. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the um, little memes we've used the most at work is the pivot, pivot <laughs> from friends with Ross and Chandler and Rachel. So friends with that if you, if you listen to the Mo and Katie show, you'll find Mo is a huge friends fan. And, and so uh, another member of our quartet, Janine, she and Mo are always going off. So yeah, there's a lot of pivot yelled. So <laughs> I'm an office girl myself, but I'm you know, uh-huh. friends by association. Yes, so. <laughs> yes, I can I can take either of those. Lots of Sweet. anthems have come from those absolutely <laughs> resources. Yes. <laughs> so as you were talking, I was just kind of thinking, Katie, what is something that's helped you to be able to grasp onto joy, regardless of what the circumstances on the outside have been? What okay. is something that you've clung to that's helped bring you back to mm. your anchor and your foundation in joy? You know, honestly, Kristen, I think it's I think it's knowing that I have a choice. I think it's knowing that I can choose to focus on all of the really rough days. I can focus on things that really suck. I can focus on things that are really difficult, or I can choose to focus on the positive and and. And I know, you know, I know things like, you know, scientifically, it even changes the way, you know, the chemicals wash in our brains and all of the stuff and it's healthier for us and all of that. But I just, I want to use the time that I have on this side of eternity here on earth to just focus on as many wonderful things because there are so many wonderful things. There are so many perfect moments that we miss because we're busy complaining about something else. There are so many beautiful, wonderful things that we can focus on. And that's how I want to choose to spend my energy and my time that I'm here on those things that are positive and, and helping other people see too, that those things are positive. Cause it's, you know, we have the same amount of, of, you know, energy and strength and focus. So why not choose to do something that's going to benefit us and, you know, help us sleep better at night and all of that. But I, I, I think it's just knowing that I have the, I have the choice. I can, I could walk around and, you know, I could walk around and say, poor me, you know, I, I lost my son and my other son had this terrible health battle and that I could make that my identity, but that's, it's part of who I am, but it's not who I am. And mm-hmm. I, I want to be someone that can help others find, you know, these beautiful, perfect moments that we all have in our life that we just breeze past sometimes. So I think it's just knowing that that's how I want to choose to spend my time and my thoughts and my energy. Yeah. And I love that. And we, today's culture is so, it's such a love-hate relationship for me because we have so many wonderful resources available to us. Like we can choose Mm -hmm. apps for everything. We can choose apps to lock our doors, to turn on our water heater, to turn on our lights, you know, whatever. We've got (laughs) all of this stuff at our fingertips. And sometimes 
the prospect of choosing joy sounds so simplistic. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, does that really work? Just choosing joy? You know, we, we make, because we've made things so difficult because everything has to have an app or everything has to have a process or, you know, just making the, the choice to actually, okay, I'm in the muck today, but I'm still, my heart is still going to cling to the fact that tomorrow's another day. Absolutely. Something better is going to come, you know, mm-hmm. just giving mm-hmm. ourselves that hope. I think joy and hope go hand in hand. And when we lose joy, we lose hope. And yeah. vice versa, if we lose hope, we don't have any joy that there's going to be anything good. Mm-hmm. And, it's and, so and choosing, choosing the joy and the hope doesn't mean that we're ignoring, we're not, it doesn't mean that we're not acknowledging that stuff happens. We're not, we're not recognizing that there are a lot of tense and horrible situations in the world and that our lives have a lot of intense moments. It's not ignoring that. It's just, you know, finding a way to walk through that. And then, and then when you have the choice to not have to focus on those things, looking forward and, and just being positive. And it's, you're right. It sounds so simple. Um, and maybe it is. <laughs> maybe it's more simple than we make it sometimes. <laughs> but it's it's just choosing to. Um, I'm 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 sitting right now in my my music studio, and again, this is what I do for a living. But I love color, and you know, I've got stuffed llamas, and I've got a I've got a bit of a Muppet fascination. So there's some Muppets around. But I'm like, I just want to be in this environment where, um, you know, when when the time comes that I've got to muck through some things that I'm not too far away from being able to change the trajectory back to, to joy and to where, you know, where are we going? What are we going to do? And it's, it's, how are we going to change our world? How are we going to change people's lives that are involved in our world? So, yeah. So it sounds like the studio is your space. It is my space. space. I love it down here. (laughs) (laughs) I love it down here. that's an important point to encourage people to find a space. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be some elaborate something that you've created. It can be somewhere in nature. It can be a park. It can be sure. And just a, a quick shout out to Haver de Grace. Yes. We just discovered oh, Haver de Grace so not beautiful. too long ago. I mean, I've been through so there, beautiful. but I've never like gone down to the um, what's it called? Promenade and all yes, that. Yes, it's lovely. So peaceful. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of free spaces to go and just absolutely be and sit. Yes. And my husband is a, he's definitely a waterman. He loves the water. He loves to fish. He, um, so almost always, if he's going to be spending a free day just unplugging, he's going to be somewhere by the water, whether it's, you know, one of the really lovely state parks we have here in Maryland, or like you said, a town that's on the water, but, um, yeah, definitely finds that. I think they call it soft fascination. It's like looking at water because it's doing something, but it's just like chill. So there's something like really soothing about that. New Um, words for me today. I know, right? (laughs) Every day's a school day, Kristen. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, I want to kind of wrap up by going back Uh to um, the shifting of the seasons that we were talking about earlier. So Uh I I know that, you know, you kind of, we all kind of have a thread through our life, things that do bring us joy, you know, but in this season of Mm -hmm. your life, how have you seen that shift or have you seen it shift as you've entered this, you know, second act of your life as you put it? Yeah, it's definitely been a shift. I, you know, as I mentioned, our, so our youngest son is 21 now. um, And that's just a whole different, you know, we're still parents, a couple of them still live here, you're still, but it's, it's different, Mm -hmm. uh, especially too, because we um, homeschooled. So Mm -hmm. 
we homeschooled the boys through middle and high school. So that was, that was an intensity that was a little bit different, but they graduated in uh, 17 and 18 and, and they're done. So, and I've been raising kids since I was 21 years old. So it's just been a different shift for me to, I I love um, finding out more and, you know, not in a narcissistic, narcissistic way, but finding out more about like myself, like, like my Myers-Briggs. And then I just recently have found like my, my, they call this the clutter bug test, like what kind of clutter bug I am and like how you store your stuff. And, um, you know, I've recently discovered that I'm an HSP. I'm a highly sensitive person, like all the stuff that goes with that. So oh, wow. it's this journey of like, yeah, I know there's that's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> It's a whole lot, but honestly, a lot of that makes me feel, it makes me feel more comfortable in my own skin because like, okay, that kind of makes sense. And it lets Mm -hmm. me own it instead of apologize for what my natural inclinations are to be. It's like, oh, okay, that makes, that makes sense. And, and again, just using that, all of that in, in building up to what you really want to do. And to finding your tribe and and living life with them. I mean, that's, again, just people are super important to me. Um, I'm grateful that what I get to do for a living, I do run a, I run a full-time uh, studio and I get to interact one-on-one with about 65 people a week and I just love it. So, wow. yeah, just, just kind of, it's, I mean, it's shifted, honestly, and as selfish as this sounds, my focus has become a little more on me in the last maybe five years than it was mm-hmm. previously, but it's just because, you know, my kids shouldn't need me anymore. I mean, they, they do to a point, but if yeah. they really need me all the time, then I'm probably not doing something right as a parent of adult children. Yeah. <laughs> so, but just really looking inside and saying like, this is how God made me and this is how you know, what, what do I want to do with this and how can I use this to better my world and, and influence the people that he's put in my life to influence? Yeah. I want to back up to something you said, you said something about your, your learning to, um, take a little bit more focus on yourself and looking yeah. not inward. And I'm sure that means caring for yourself in a better way than we do when we're yeah. younger, because we don't do that really well when we're young. We no, we don't. <laughs> You know, there's just so many things to do all the time, but I've found a challenge in, um, because I'm the type of person where I just keep going. Like I can do it. Oh yeah. I can power through. I don't need sleep. I don't need food. (laughs) I don't need nothing. Just let me go. But the, the trick has been in me learning to allow people to care for me. That's been such a hard shift and not that I need caring Mm -hmm. for all the time, but allowing people to show their love for me by them caring for me, that Mm -hmm. has been a really hard shift for me. And I've had to really be intentional about learning how to receive that. Have you Mm -hmm. experienced that you being a people person, you might, that might come more easily for you. Um, yeah, but there you're right. It's, it's, I kind of have that power through mentality too. like, let's do this. Let's just, and I'm also, I, I'm, I'm not a person that requires a whole lot of sleep, so I don't take care of myself in that way oh, that I should sometimes, but <laughs> yes, but sometimes to my own detriment, I think, yeah. but um, I just, I love, and I'm, I'm getting to value, you know, when you, when you build your tribe of people and you have trust between you, and then when you, when you want to accomplish things together, like trusting each other to, and, and you do, there is a taking care of each other that happens. And I think it's really beautiful the way that, that, that can flow back and forth. And, um, 
I think maybe being the little sister, I, I like being taken care of sometimes. So it's kind of nice. Um, even though I do power through, it's kind of like, just show me how to do this. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> We're <yeah>. good. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a beautiful relationship, a sister relationship. It's, yes, it's my sister's amazing. And mm-hmm. I think it changes your outlook, at, you know, as you grow up, if you grow up with sisters or if you grow up with brothers or if you mm-hmm. grow, grow up with a combination of both, I think your outlook probably is a little bit different with each of those. And I, yeah. it, I'm sure yeah. it contributes to a very colorful, um, you know, the way you allow life to impact you. I'm sure that's very yeah. colorful and fragrant and, and wonderful. So, well, as we're yeah. wrapping up, really what grateful. is yep. something that um, you would just throw out there that to somebody that's maybe really struggling to find their joy mm. or if mm. they've never had it, or maybe they've just lost sure. it. What would you, what would you advise them to do? I would, I would say, first of all, go easy on yourself. Don't, you know, don't, don't criticize yourself too hard, too, too um, harshly. A lot of times we're our own worst critics. And this is actually something that I say to my, my voice students, um, when they notice something that they're doing, that's not singing the way that they should, I'm like, okay, well, let's not beat ourselves up. Let's not like, Hmm, I'm doing that. That's interesting. Maybe I should work toward doing it a different way. So I think the same thing applies to life. I make a lot of voice lesson parallels with life sometimes, (laughs) but also I would just encourage anyone that, that the, the perfect moments are there. The beauty is there. And we're, we're oftentimes fixated on other things. We're, we're fixated on something that happened in the past that we can't change or something that's going to happen in the future that we're worried about. But just, you know, it could be sitting, you know, and looking at the sun in the morning while you're drinking your coffee. It could be a really, you know, beautiful conversation with a friend. Those perfect moments mm-hmm. literally are everywhere. Mm-hmm. And start writing them down. Um, another thing, and Mo and I talk about this on our podcast, she and I share a note on our phones. And each day we write three things for which we're grateful. And we can, I can see what she's writing. She can see what I'm writing. And um, it's good accountability. And some days it's a lot of minor food actually, but some days, <laughs> some days it's a struggle at the end of the day to come up with, you know, today was a rough day. I don't, can't think of three. And other days I'm like, I've got like seven today. So just be aware and, and actively, you know, actively note the things in your life that are good and that are blessings. And when you start to train your mind to do that, it really does start to shift. You start to look at things differently. And, um, and I, I do think that's a game changer. So, so I, you know, whoever, whoever you are out there, just keep swimming little fishy. It's not as bad as it seems. And there are just, there are huge blessings all around. Just start training yourself to look for them. Yeah. And look, I love how you put that because I think a lot of times our focus, we're looking for the big things to happen to bring us joy. And Mm -hmm. I think life is comprised of a lot of little tiny moments that just come together and they give us this overall sense of, man, this has been a good time. You know, there's this deep seated love for life and appreciation Mm -hmm. for all the little things that come together to make this a wonderful life. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining me today. You are just you. such a treasure and it's been a oh. pleasure to, to hang out and chat with you today. Thanks, Kristen. And thank you for what you're doing uh, just to encourage and get, you know, get everyone's stories out there. I really appreciate that. And we got to hang out sometime. This is fun. So yes, definitely. I'm coming to your studio. <laughs> All right, come on. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening today. Contact information is in the show notes below and we hope to see you again soon.